0: Our Gospel reading this morning is indeed from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56, and can be found on page 1588 in your Pew Bible. Luke records, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, All generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. From time to time, you have heard me when I'm describing my ways not being his ways and my thoughts not being his thoughts. I kind of, I do one of these and I go, I wouldn't do it that way. Have you ever seen me do that? And you know what that means. It, what it means or what I mean by it, how about that, is that, yeah, I do the opposite of that. Right? 180 degree reversal. And today, that is a theme that is woven through this sermon, God's great reversal. Now, I wouldn't do it that way. And to which he says, yeah, well, that's because you're not God. Does anyone else ever feel that way in my circumstances? I'm not the only one here, right, that's thinking, okay, good. All right, so bear with me, because it's not, um, well, they didn't teach me that in, in, uh, in seminary. Okay. So let me ask you this. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed that there are like a whole bunch of Marys in the four Gospels? I mean, there are, right? There's a ton. Besides the Mary, uh, mother of Jesus, there's Mary Magdalene. There's Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And then there's this uh, Mary that is referred to as the other Mary, right? And There's nothing really to be said about the name that gives someone a particular desire to follow Jesus. The fact is this, is that Mary was a pretty common name in first century Galilee. Moses' sister was named Miriam. And by the time you take that name from Hebrew to Greek to English, you end up with Mary. And you can imagine the number of parents who named their daughters after Moe's big sister. Just about every family with daughters had a, a young one, a young daughter named Mary. So when Mary, the mother of Jesus, grew up, she was just one of many Marys in Nazareth. She was just a nice girl, next door kind of a person. Her parents had arranged for her to marry a nice man, a nice boy named Joseph. And when she came of age, it would be complete, and her future was pretty much set. She would be known as Mary, the wife of Joseph of Nazareth. and She would help Joseph raise a family, and they would grow old together. There was nothing really unusual at all about Mary's future. And then an angel named Gabriel showed up with a message from God. And suddenly there was a great reversal, or for what I would call, I wouldn't do it that way. And everything changed. And Mary was going to be a mother a little bit sooner than expected. And the child would be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And if that wasn't enough, the child in her womb was none other than the Son of God taking on human flesh and blood. And the great reversal in Gabriel's message turned Mary's life upside down. Now we know that this great reversal, we know what it's all about. We know, yeah, I wouldn't do it that way, and what his answer is. Mary knows what it is about. Mary's community does not know what it's all about. And so let's just try this on a little bit. What would that look like in our own lives? What would your response be if your daughter... You had a daughter, and she said that she was going to have a baby by the power of the Holy Spirit. What would your reaction be? What about Joseph? His uh, betrothed is pregnant, and he's not the father. And Mary knows that God has chosen her for a great honor. But right now, her life has suddenly become complicated. Her community believes that she has committed adultery, and adultery at that time is a crime punishable by stoning to death, both she and Joseph. And there will be a time when all generations will call her blessed. (laughs) But now is not that time. Now, fortunately, God provided someone. God's cool that way. He always provides someone to help Mary deal with this great reversal. The angel Gabriel left a hint for Mary when he said in Luke 1.36, he said, Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her the one who was called barren. So in one sentence, Gabriel praised God for the miracle of John's birth, and he gave Mary an idea of where she might find a safe place to come, to come to grips with the idea that God was growing in her womb. Now, If you think about it, Elizabeth was probably the only woman on earth in the entire world who understand what was really happening. Just as the miracle child in Mary's womb was the Son of God, so the miracle child in Elizabeth's womb was a prophet. And when Mary arrived at Elizabeth's home, that little baby prophet started doing a dance for joy at the presence of his Lord. And the Holy Spirit made it clear to Elizabeth that Mary's baby was no ordinary baby, but was in fact her Lord. And at that point in time, Elizabeth understood Mary's situation like nobody else could. God's cool that way. So Mary had a time of peace, when she was away from the gossip and the stairs in Nazareth, and she was in the house of Zechariah, the priest, and Elizabeth could mentor to her. Even though he couldn't talk, (laughs) Zechariah could share God's word with her. And she stayed with Elizabeth in the house of the priest. God, during that time, would build her up for the hardships that we know were in her future. Now Mary, on her part, could help this pregnant, older woman around the house. She could do some of the chores, maybe run some of the errands, and she would ease the life of Elizabeth. Now, I've been told, I've been witness, that it is hard enough well, childbirth is birth is hard enough when the mother is young and when the mother is strong. But who knows what it's like for an old woman like Elizabeth? And undoubtedly, these two women were both much better off after their three months together. Elizabeth had someone to help her as she delivered this baby in her old age, and Mary received the courage, the strength and the moral support that she needed for the hard times ahead. God brought these two women together to give each other mutual support. God's cool that way. And when Mary first arrived at Elizabeth's house, she spoke one of the most beautiful poems in the Bible called the Magnificat. She didn't say, I wouldn't do it that way, did she? No, no. She praised God. What a pattern. What a sobering thing for all of us who'd say, I wouldn't do it that way. She said in her magnificate, she tells of the great reversal that God's blessing bring to us. And even though she wasn't sure how things would turn out, and even though her reputation had suffered, and even though her life had been turned upside down, she still praised God for all the blessings that he had given to her. Remarkable. The Holy Spirit had given her a faith that trusted God in spite of the hardships that lay in her future. God is in the business of transforming us. He is in the business of reversing our status. God humiliates those who are proud of their own righteousness But he lifts up the humble with his grace. He weakens those who rely on their own might, but he strengthens those. He strengthens those that are weak, and he strengthens those that are weak with his power. He impoverishes those who worship their own wealth, but he feeds those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And when God reverses our status, it is a great reversal. It may not feel great, but in the end, it is a great reversal. The nature of his great reversal is something that does not always make sense to us. God pours his blessing out on us, but those blessings don't always make our lives easier or more Pleasant. The Holy Spirit touched Mary and she became the mother of God. And although this was a rather unique and tremendous blessing, her life quickly became a whole lot more complicated. Amen? Now, the world tempts us to believe that the right religion is the one that gives us the most power, makes our lives much easier, provides the most security, or eases our lives in some other way. The world directs your attention to the here and the now. It wants us to think about the kingdom of this world. The world does not want us to focus on the kingdom of our Lord, the kingdom that lasts forever and ever And ultimately, that is what today's gospel is all about. The greatest reversal of all began in Mary's womb. The Son of God surrendered his glorious throne to take on a human nature. He then hid his divine glory in his humanity, and he submitted to life in the womb of Of the Virgin Mary for nine months and then after he was born into this world sin surrounded him and pummeled him and we know that he never said he never sinned instead he took the sin of the world that is your sin my sin And he took it all onto himself, and he suffered the punishment on our behalf, and he suffered and he died on the cross. And the Lord of the universe, well, he lay dead in that tomb. And that is the great reversal that the Son of God endured on our behalf. Luther called it the great exchange. Now the Son of God's greatest reversal produces our greatest reversal. You know that. We were dead in sin, and now we are alive. We were enemies of God, and now we are heirs to the kingdom of heaven. We were destined for eternal punishment, and we are now destined for eternal joy. This great reversal is ours because of the great reversal of the Son of God. The great reversal, that we wouldn't have done it that way, that great reversal began in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And the Son of God took on humanity and died. And because he submitted to this great reversal, he conquered death. And he removed the sting of death. And he rose from the dead. And he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And as he waits at the right hand of the Father, he says this to us. Surely I am coming soon. Amen. And may this season of Advent prepare us so that we can join God's people and reply, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Amen. I wouldn't have done it that way, but boy, I'm sure glad he did.